In your Bible, the book of Hebrews, chapter number one, please, this morning. It's so, so very good to see you, and I'm glad you're here today. Uh, visitors, we're glad you're with us today, and uh, we're certainly glad for the members being here today. Uh, I know none of you have been watching the Olympics, so I'll not uh, make any reference to the Olympics today. And um, the Apostle Paul said in the book of Timothy, the last book of Timothy, that they were living in perilous times. And I think maybe we could also say that we're living in very dangerous and perilous times. Uh, the day in which we live, uh, it's become necessary to carry a gun. Everybody's got guns. I got stopped by a policeman yesterday because I was being a good guy. <laughs> and he said to me, who's that idiot you got over there in the other seat? Oh, I said, that's my co-pastor, Andrew. He said, I noticed you have a concealed carrying license. I said, yes, sir. He said, is your gun in your truck? I said, yes, sir. But I doubt if I would know how to get it off of safety. He said, well, if you don't touch yours, I won't touch mine. And we lived happily ever after. <laughs> Amen. You said, did he give you a ticket? None of your business. <laughs> At my stage of life, I maybe can get it postponed enough to where I won't have to pay it. <laughs> That's why you look at that, right? Uh, but we're living in very, very troublesome and dangerous times. And as your pastor, and I have been for 30 years, I am burdened, not broken, but burdened, and concerned about the times in which we live. And uh, the direction in which Christendom seems to be headed, and uh, I'm glad I serve a God that does not change, and everything is changing around us. You'd have to say amen to that, right? There used to be a time when people were more important than animals. Now we save dogs and abort babies. So we're living in very troublesome and dangerous times. You say, why do you have a gun? Because David had a sling. 
I want to read for you in the book of Hebrews, chapter number one. Now, I'm going to preach till about 12 o'clock, then I'll be done. If I don't finish the message, we can take up next week at the same time, if you'll come. Verse 1, God. Boy, that's a good way to start a book, isn't it? Isn't that a wonderful way to just start a day, start a book, start a life, start a marriage, start a church? Just a good way to start anything. God, who in sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, the Old Testament, Prophet after prophet, preacher after preacher, holy man after holy man stood and said, Thus saith the Lord. But in the New Testament in our day, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. I'm glad of that. Whom he hath appointed heir to all things, by whom all also he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholdeth all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Are you glad of that? Verse 10, and thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shall thou fold them up, they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand, till I make mine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who are, shall be the heirs of salvation? I don't know if you know it or not. Somewhere close by, use your angel this morning. You've taken him everywhere you've gone all week long. And you're probably still in good shape because he's your ministering spirit. You say, I don't believe that stuff. I don't blame you, I wouldn't either. Therefore, that's a good way to start another chapter. Therefore, God, therefore, because God made Jesus the very brightness of the glory, therefore, because God hung him on a tree that you might not have to hang on one, therefore, because God is involved in the first chapter, therefore, you can be involved in the second chapter. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed 
to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them, what's the next word? Slip. Are you any different today than you were the day you got saved? Or have you slipped just a dab? Are you reading your Bible as much today as you did years ago? Or have you let that slip just a little? You know what's wrong with our country is we're slipping. We're slipping in the wrong direction. You know what's wrong with our families? They're slipping. Husbands are slipping. Daddies are slipping. Mamas are slipping. Kids has already slipped because mama and daddy slipped. Of course, thank God we can all bring it, we can blame it on the Clintons. It's got to be the Clinton's fault if your home is falling apart. If you're broke, don't have any money. Couldn't be you're too lazy to work. Well, let's go on before somebody gets mad. For if the word spoken by the angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord as confirmed by us, unto us by them that heard him. Let's pray and ask God to teach us this morning just something that we can take home with us. Our Father, today we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the service. We thank you for the time we have together. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe with all my heart we're living in troublesome times, very dangerous times, if you please. Uh, we have locks and keys and gates and doors and bars and guns and security systems and cameras and everything else in the world. But we're really not living in dangerous times. We're just buying all that stuff because we got extra money to blow on things that, you know, we need to keep our security system secure because if our security system is not secure, maybe the dangerous times might invade our happiness and we might lose the hubcaps off our truck. Dangerous, dangerous times. You can't even walk through Oak Cliff without getting eat up by a bunch of dogs. But now we can't do anything about the dogs. God knows we can't hurt those dogs that's chewing on those people and kill that one lady. Have we let something slip? You say, I love dogs. Me too, but not the way I love my family. Now, I love cats. I'd love for you to have all the cats you want. Because <laughs> when I tried to give that cat a pill that time, you remember I read you the instructions on how to give a cat a pill. 
I fell out of love with cats real quick. We're living in dangerous times, very dangerous times. There are dangers everywhere. There's physical dangers, if you please. The government agencies, we must spend millions and millions and millions of dollars just trying to keep us safe. We have laws to protect us, civil laws, federal laws, warning signs. My policeman asked me, what do you think that sign that says 40 was? I said, it looked like a deer crossing to me. <laughs> Warning signs, homeland security, everything to keep us safe physically. We have terrorists, madmen, stabbers, machetes, on and on and on and on. Truly, Paul must have been living with a sight of sin 2016 and says, we are living in perilous, dangerous times. Uh, we face physical dangers. We face emotional dangers. Oh, how uh, we neglect the emotional frailty of individuals around us. Oh, how we neglect the emotional frailty of our children. We tell them we love them, and that's the reason we don't correct them. Then we love them and pen the titchery for years and years and years, all because we neglect their emotional stability. Emotional dangers every, everywhere. Who gave you the right to straighten everybody else out? Who crowns you, Almighty God, so that you could correct everybody else's emotional issues and hurts? I often quote a poem that a deacon gave me years ago, the first deacon I ever had. Oh, that was a trip. 26 years old, had hair plumbed down my eyebrows, ignorant as you could be, but thought I knew everything in the world. And the deacon gave me this poem, and I've got it in the front of one of my Bibles. It says, be careful of the words you say, keep them soft and sweet, because you never day from day to day which ones you'll have to eat. Emotional dangers. I see it. I see it in kids. I see browbeaten, beat down, insecure kids. Trying to live a dream that daddy had when they were young. Daddy's telling kids how to block who never blocked. Kids who are telling daddy how to carry a football who never carried one. Mamas who are busy at jobs leaving the kids off at the babysitters for somebody else to raise. I, I just see a lot of, lot of dangers and a lot of dangers physically and emotionally and 
Oh, you think about it, domestic dangers. Domestic dangers. I think the biggest danger to our homes is a computer. Kids on computers when they ought to be out in the front yard kicking a can. You say, that's hard on shoes. Let them do it barefooted. Amen. Creativity. Don't buy them every junky toy in the world and hang them on, a, on some kind of video game. Give them a hole. Put them out in the garden. Let them chop weeds for the glory of God. <laughs> buy them a mule. Put a plow behind that mule and put it in a cornfield and tell them chase them rows all day long. Fight them sweat bees. We're, we're living in very dangerous times. Amen. You could get run over and killed chasing a Pokemon. And God only knows, what is a Pokemon? Somebody asked me the other day, said, you hunting Pokemons? I said, if I caught one, how would I cook it? Amen. Thank God there's good Samaritans. Oh, I saw a woman the other day on television giving away water to folk out in the hot sun chasing Pokemons. <laughs> Be a lot cheaper, just kill all the Pokemons. You wouldn't have to worry about folks dying of heat stroke chasing those valuable Pokemons. We're living in a weird, dangerous times. You could get run over and killed chasing a Pokemon and uh, domestic dangers and Spiritual dangers on every hand. Spiritual dangers on every hand. Dear Lord, we've got so much mixed up doctrine, so many confused preachers. There's confused as a grasshopper sitting in the middle of freeway with her hopper broken. They don't know which way to jump. Well, I used to be a Baptist, now I'm something else, and now I'm a non, and used to be an inner and outer. Now I, I don't... You know, I just am amazed at the spiritual dangers, the emotional dangers, the uh, physical dangers, the domestic dangers. But as your pastor, and many of you I've been preaching to for now 50 years. Some of your families I've baptized four and maybe even five generations in your family. So I don't look this morning as a guy that just rode his new paint horse into town on a brand new saddle. I preach you day as a fellow who rode into town on a mule on a wore out saddle. Who's been around a barn more than three times. And I see a danger. A danger in our church. A danger in our city. A danger in our country. You say, preacher, you sound serious. At my stage of the game, if you don't get serious, you better hurry. Let me show you the first danger that faces everybody in this auditorium this morning. Thinking you're saved and you're not. Second danger thinking you can sin 
and get away with it. It's going to be nice, ain't it? Third danger. Missing church and thinking you're all right. You say, how long did you study for that? After a while. Thinking you're saved and you're not. By their fruits, the Bible said, you shall know them. It said, it is impossible for a bad tree to produce good fruit. Impossible. And it is impossible for a bad tree or a good tree to produce the opposite. Someone said, it is not right that a fountain give forth sweet and bitter waters. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he ain't what he used to be. He is a brand new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. The blind man said, I don't know. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. Not blind anymore. The Bible says light makes manifest. And I'm concerned that some of you folks who are saying you're saved are still living like you're lost. In other words, the wrong tree, the wrong fruit is hanging on the branches. Amen. You say, well, I'm getting away with it. Sure you are, till you die. Then you'll need a GPS because your directions has been mixed up. The Bible said in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment. I'm deathly concerned about folks who say they're saved and they're not. See, you don't have to be a Baptist to be saved. But you ought to be a saved if you're a Baptist. Amen. A Baptist ain't going to get you to heaven. But bless your heart, if you get saved and get to heaven, you'll be glad you're a Baptist. And you say, Why? Well, a fellow who they called a Baptist is there. And the Baptist who baptized the Savior, he's there. So, if I were you, I'd get saved and become a Baptist. Attorney asked me one time, the first quarter million dollars we borrowed around here, uh, we had an attorney that was a Methodist fellow, a good guy, he just mixed up. 
we were sitting around the table, and I was signing a note promising my payback for a quarter million dollars. And a smart aleck lawyer. I, I, all lawyers are not smart alecks. It's just one qualification to be wise. <laughs> Hello, Adam. And all you other attorneys. And Terry looked at me with all the folks around the table going to embarrass me. He said, hey, preacher, if we get to heaven, we find out Baptists are running things. You won't kick me out, will you? I said, no, if we find out Baptists run it, me and you both will leave. Thank God Baptists ain't running things in heaven. Amen. Amen. But I'm concerned today. That a lot of folk saying they got something, and they ain't got it. You say, you ought not judge. The Bible said we could be fruit inspectors. Amen. And the Bible said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, this Matthew chapter 7, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. The Bible said, many in that day will say, Lord, have we not cast out devils and done many wonderful works in thy name? And Jesus will look at them and say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. There was the Bible which says and there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou dost except God be with him. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus said, how can a man who is old be born again? Can he enter the second time into the mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, now, Nick, what you need to understand is, except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, could you not audibly or out loud, just think in your head, right a minute, what's your birthday? Bang, you got it. That's your water birth. That's when you were surrounded in a bag of water in your mother's womb. Did you know the closest thing to paradise in this world is the mother's womb? A built-in shock absorber system. Mama hits a bump, baby never feels it. Unconditional 24-hour food supply. Walmart at your fingertip. <laughs> Air conditioning, same temperature for nine months. Surrounded in a bag of water, protected by the plan and wisdom of an omnipotent holy God. And then one night, about two or three in the morning, the hubby's laying there asleep as he can be. <laughs> and then suddenly, as the sound of a rushing mighty lake, 
you get cold and wet. As that supernatural work of a heavenly father from above breaks that bag of water and lubricates the canal to enable the birth, the water birth of every individual in this place. And there's not a one of you here today that could not tell me the day you were born. Now the question I ask you about the second time. When were you born by the Spirit of God? When did the Spirit come into your life and completely change you and, and absolutely make a brand new person out of you. That day when you wanted to get drunk and the next moment you did not want to get drunk. And that morning when you were a reprobate, a sorry hellbound sinner, rotten to the core and the Holy Ghost come in and you were still rotten to the core but you were better than you were while you were over there. See, now, if you can't tell me when you were born again, to be born once is to die twice. But to be born twice is to die once. Can anybody say amen? Notice in John 3, Jesus said, you must be born again. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And I, I'm just, I, I, I don't want to be critical. But when I got saved 50 some years ago, it was a radical, revolutionary, 360 degree whammy, buddy, from that to this. There wasn't nothing on me didn't get saved. My toenails got saved. My underwear got saved. My hair got saved. Been losing it a little bit that long. But there wasn't nothing on me that wasn't changed. The old haunts changed. Somebody said the other day that uh, I think Miss Joyce lost a chicken and she was mourning her chicken. And I can understand that because before I got saved, I mourned a lot of them up in Oklahoma. <laughs> but it wasn't because of the chicken, it was because of the money I just lost. Change. Do you understand what I'm talking Change. I like going to church. I like being around God's people. I like the Bible. I, I love the Lord. And I'm just wondering, what happened to some of you folk? Am I weird? You, well, that's the first time you ever said that. You usually said yes. You're at, least, at least you're seeing whose name's on your check. That's, that's one good thing. But I'm concerned, and I want you to be concerned. Make your salvation, your calling, and election, sure. I like what the Apostle Paul, I know in whom I believe. 
And I am persuaded, bless God, that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Man, let me tell you something. You need to make sure we're living in dangerous times. We're living in, uh, in, in dangerous doctrinal times. And you need to make sure that you are a child of God. And if you can't go back to a time, I'm, you don't have to have a date and an hour and a minute. But if you can't go back time to a time when everything changed, you need to come and get saved. I'm not making you a Baptist. I like to, you become a child of God. Amen. Amen. And act like it. I know you'll have some hang-ups. Boy, I've got a lot of excuses why I should be a deadbeat, no good loser. Would you believe I was raised in a dysfunctional home? Would you believe I've watched my daddy out in the field and my mama come out of the house with a twenty-two rifle going to shoot my daddy dead in the field? <laughs> and my daddy picked up a big old clot of dirt. Said, now Beatrice, I'm going to hit you right between the eyes this if you don't lay that gun down. Shoot him, Mom! Shoot him! He's going to throw a cloud at you. <laughs> Would you believe one time I told my daddy not to hit my mama anymore? He said, good, I'll just hit you. Whap! And I hit the floor. <laughs> What's this new creature thing? What's this old thing passed away deal? Oh, that just works on idiots like me. I'm going to go and get me a clod and hit my wife right in the face with it. Because I've been, I've been scarred. Scarred deeply. Because my mom and daddy had a fight. He only had one for 50 years. And loved each other to death. Why don't you get, build you a bridge and get over your excuse for copping out? That's psychology 101. But save people are a new creation. Save people, bear the right fruit. Save people are not looking for an excuse. They're looking for strength and power that only the Holy Spirit can give. In dangerous time, we need to make sure that we're saved. Bible saved, S-A-V-E-D, saved, not Jimmy Swaggard saved, not Crouch saved, not Benny Hinn saved, Bible saved, amen.
Well, that's my first point to this three-point message that I got to quit right now because I was going to enjoy this other one thinking you can sin and get away with it. I'm not going to preach it because he'd ruin a good sermon. <laughs> Amen. I don't think I got anybody mad at me right now. But I bet you if I preached this point for about 13 minutes, I could wiggle at least one or two of you get mad at me. The Bible said, but if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord. And be sure, your sins will find you out. Some of the Christians I know is playing Russian roulette with all the bullets in the gun. Thinking that maybe they're special and they can get away with it. But the apple of God's eye, the one who had a heart for God, the one who slew his ten thousands. The prophet of God walked up to David and looked him in the eye and said, Thou art the man. See, David thought he could get away with his little deal with Bathsheba. Yeah, he thought he could. And he thought he had. Till he looked in the eyes of his dead baby. And God said, David, it's payday. News came that his son, Ammon, had raped his daughter. With tears streaming down his face, David said, I guess it's payday. And Joab came and said, David, I saw Absalom and thy son hanging around out back somewhere. That long, glowing mane of hair that Absalom had had hung in the oak tree. And Joab had sticking, sticking his spear through his heart and Joab hanging in the tree dead there. And David looked at his son and tears streaming down his eyes. Oh, Absalom, Absalom, my son, would God I die for thee? He couldn't. It's payday. Now you're not get away with your sin. David didn't. Jonah didn't. Ananias Sapphira didn't. The prodigal son didn't. And neither were you. Look at your ugly pictures on your on your computer. Nobody knows it but you and God. Break the hearts of those who are about you. Ruin your morality and your testimony, would you? Well, you'll get away with it. Just like Belshazzar did, I guess. Drinking his booze, doing his thing. And suddenly when the party was going on, the party pooper showed up. 
it was a hand attached to no arm. Writing on the wall as Belshazzar mocked God and had his drunken stupor living in his immorality and fornication and adultery. You get away with it until the party pooper showed up and started writing on the wall saying to Belshazzar the king, you're weighed in the balances and you come up short, slick. And while the party was going on, the impregnable city with walls so massive no one could destroy. As Belshazzar sat in his secure city and nobody but nobody could take this city. Babylon, the great power of the world, the superpower, no one could take it. And while he was drinking his booze, playing his game, the Medes and Persians were redirecting the river that ran under those gigantic walls. And they diverted the river and walked under the walls. And that was the rising of the Medo-Persian Empire. Yeah. I'm concerned that some of you folks have forgotten what marriage is. We raise hell because same sex want to get married. I'd like to know why some of you folks of opposite sex don't do it before you move in. You say, I ain't coming back. Well, you're getting a full load this trip. What's that teaching the kids? What's that teaching the neighbors? There are dangers that we Christians are acting like we're Christian. I just wonder. Well, I told you I wasn't going to preach that, so I'm not going to preach. Take it all back. Really didn't mean it. Now let me show you something. You know where sin's found you out? In your face. You know how a man leave our church one time and said, because you're preaching to my face? He did. Good guy, friend of mine. He died a friend of mine. He said, preacher, I, I, you just preach to faces. I said, well, have you ever thought that's the only part that's showing Some of you right now look like a vampire bat got to hold your toe and sucked all the blood out. You know why? Guilty. Amen. Guilty. You say, well, you're going to run me off. No, I'm not going to run you off. You know why kids love parents? They love parents, parents that discipline them that tells them this we're going to get you in trouble. This is going to be harm to you. And I'm your spiritual father telling you today that this kind of lifestyle will be harmful to you and to everybody around you. You be sure your sins will find you out. 
and they'll find you out in your face. They'll find you out in your family. They'll find you out in your feelings. They'll find you out in your future. They'll find you out in your finances. We're going to close. You said good. I'm concerned. Now, we're friends before I say this, okay? Say, preacher, if you was a friend, you wouldn't preach like this. Oh, be quiet. What kind of preacher do you want? One of them panty-laced, bloomer-legged little tutus through the tulips running around up here telling you you're doing everything right. Dear God, that's what's wrong with our country right now. Amen. I don't mean that mouse kind of rat. I mean rat now. Some of you folk, and I'm concerned that you can miss church and don't think it will affect you. Yeah, I can feel bad at church well I can feel bad at home. The reason I didn't come to church when I was sick is I'd look strange crawling on my hands and knees in the front door. So I didn't have enough strength to stand up. If this wasn't here, I'd probably fall this morning. Brother Sean's got, got orders from Andrew. Don't let him hit the floor. Catch him before he hits the floor. Because if I hit the floor, I won't stay down there. You in a better mood now? I'm concerned about folks who think they're saved and not saved. I'm concerned about folks who think they can sin and get away with it. Huh? I'm concerned about folks who think they can miss church and it won't affect them. How's it going? How's it going? Sin already taken the smile? David said, something's happened to my joy. Something happened to my joy. Sin robbed David of his joy. You remember when it was fun coming to church? Remember when you would not miss church on Sunday night for nothing? That was important to you. Remember? Remember? You remember? Now when I preach... Uh, I have to look someplace else to get a smile. I used to could look at you and you'd encourage me while I preach. Now I think maybe you're going to shoot me, so I have to look somewhere else. You know what? You spell that S-I-N. S-I-N. I haven't changed. I'm the same, I'm the same that I've always been. But there's one good thing about me. I'm screwed on the right bolt. Amen.